Hello, everybody. Welcome to another broadcast of Faith Frequency. This is our Lenten series that we're journeying towards transformation. Um, we've talked a little bit about sin. We've talked about, um, and oh, I should say, I'm here with Brian Pinter, our Director of uh, Spiritual Formation here at Christ Church. Um, and we've talked about sin, and we've talked about guilt, both healthy yeah. guilt and guilt, and then also guilt that is can be destructive. Yeah, unhealthy guilt. Right. Um, where where are we headed today? Let's talk about mercy today. Mercy is is like the it's the where this all flows toward when we recognize our sinfulness and brokenness. Yeah. Then mercy comes into the picture. I looked up mercy in Webster's dictionary. This is what it said. Compassion or forbearance shown especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power. Hmm. All right, that's kind of a mouthful. Now, here's the symbol for this. Maybe a, a good metaphor would help. It would be the father in the parable, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when the son realizes what has happened, he turns and he comes to his senses. He says, what, what, am, I, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. This is humiliating. I don't have to live like this. I want to turn things around. And the father is waiting mm-hmm. for him to do that. So the father is the symbol of the mercy. You know, the, the father has it in his power to say, absolutely not, you will be punished and you will pay me back every single penny that you wasted. Right, right. And he says, he realizes that the son deep in his heart understands what he's done. Right. And he forgoes... Uh, uh, revenge. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's not going to exact punishment. But he's going to be merciful mm-hmm. because he sees what's happened. And the counter witness to that, of course, is the older brother, right? The older son, who will not show mercy. In fact, the story ends with the older brother outside the father's house because he can't bring himself to forgive right. and let it go right. and show mercy. And interestingly, Jesus leaves it open-ended. We just never know if the older brother is able to bring himself hmm. to come inside. Yeah. yeah. What, when we think about mercy, help me kind of uh, distinguish between mercy and forgiveness. Because they're different. Well, I mean, I see uh, for, forgiveness is like a particular form of, of mercy. Hmm. I mean, it's probably, I understand what you're saying and that they're different. But I see that forgiveness is probably the primary way that most of us are going to exercise mercy. Because okay, that's, how it, that's how it comes into our life. Right. Um, I, under a large umbrella, I mean, mercy can, it can extend to, to big picture things. Like, how, how, do we show, uh, how do we show mercy to people who are desperately in need? Mm-hmm. Like uh, refugees and people on our border who are, they're, they're looking for mercy. Right, and right. The, I think the call is to extend mercy to them. Right. And that's not forgiveness. That's, a, that's, that's a, different. Yeah, this, this, right. Like the dictionary says, forbearance. It's like a compassionate kindness and saying on the one hand, well, you know, we have rules, and if you want to come in, you have to stand in line and fill out these forms. Mercy says, you know, I recognize this is a human being who's suffering in a desperate need, and let's put aside some of those things for now so that we can attend to the human heart that right. is in pain here. Right. Uh, so that's a, a big picture way of it. And it's the smaller way I think that's going to touch most of us is how we exercise forgiveness in our life. This is, of course, a huge topic. Uh, forgiving others 
for, for, and forgiving ourselves. Right. Those are major spiritual tasks. Right. Yeah, so, the, so when you speak, because then you start to think about God's mercy, and God's mm-hmm. mercy isn't just about, um, although God does forgive us, you know, yeah. um, but it's not just about that, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, God extends mercy to us. How? How? I mean, we, we, look at the, we look at what happens in, in some of these biblical stories where there's uh, people who have been exiled for example, the Israelites, they're exiled, and they think that that's the end of the story for them. Uh, and then, as it unfolds, God breaks through and shows mercy and says, mm-hmm. I, I hear you, I see where you are, mm-hmm. and I'm, that moves my heart. Uh, and yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with you to see that you're renewed. Right? So that, that's one way. God shows, shows mercy to the Hebrews in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Right, saying yeah. I, I've I've heard you, and I'm in an act of mercy, uh, or the even the the gospel story that we have that'll be coming up for this Sunday, it's is called the woman caught in adultery. Right, right. Well, right. The, the law says one thing, and Jesus very creatively finds a way to bring mercy there, not only to the woman because he tells her, you know, go and sin no more. Right. But he also finds a way even to show mercy to the scribes and Pharisees who had painted themselves into a corner mm-hmm. where they were about to do violence. And he found a way to diffuse that and let them walk away with their dignity intact. That's a way that he brought mercy to everybody. This is the woman who committed adultery and they wanted to stone her. That's right. right? Yeah, this is in John's Gospel. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's a very creative way that Jesus brought mercy to a very painful situation that actually they were all in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think that the scribes and, and Pharisees were able to receive that mercy? Don't you have to have a certain kind of posture just to be able to receive it? Or do you? Is it an active... Do both parties have to be active in mercy giving yeah, I, and receiving? I, 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 I do. I, I think this is, I, I might have said this last week, this is like a dance between our will and God's grace. You know, mm. There has to be a willingness. There has to be a humility to receive it. It's like the the figure of the father in the parable the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And notice that he's not codependent and he's not a helicopter parent. He doesn't run after the son right. and try to stop him from doing this right. and then negotiate with the pig farmer. Oh, I have to get him out of here. I'll right. do whatever it takes. Right. But waits until one turns and has a change of heart. Mm. Now, this is I, this is an interpretive... Uh, I'm being a little creative here, but I, I am left with the feeling of that gospel story from John about the woman caught in adultery that as the scribes and Pharisees drop the stones and walk away... There is oh, a realization yeah, there. Yeah. What, what he said, very simple words, well, let the one without sin cast the first stone. It's like there's this heavy silence. Right. And then they walk away because I think that something has set in. Right. Something touched the heart and said, wow, well, what, how second. did we get ourselves into this? Maybe this is, not, this is not the spirit of the law. Right. It's not to condemn people, but to liberate people. Right. Right. So, I, I mean, it opens new possibilities for everybody. Yeah. You want to talk about the Ten Commandments of mercy? I see this here on the sheet. I was like, is this a David Letterman top ten <laughs> <laughs> commandments of mercy? Yeah. Um, I got these from, these come from a, a Catholic priest, Ronald Rollheiser, who's, 
he's one of the best spiritual writers that's that's going out there today. Yeah. The Ten Commandments of Mercy. Uh, the first one says, remember that mercy lies deepest in God's heart. So he says that that means that really the essence of God is mercy. And when the, the Bible uses words like kindness and compassion to talk about who God is and what God does, mm-hmm. it's like a central uh, characteristic of, of God. Right. Yeah, that comes right from the scriptures. How about this one? Remember that mercy is the essence of all true religion. Hmm. Yeah. So the, in some way, they all say that God is compassionate and merciful, and in turn, people are called to to be like their God, to be compassionate right. and merciful too. Right. Um, remember that we all stand forever in need of mercy. Yeah, and I think that that goes back to our discussions about sin and guilt and brokenness is that that's that's a that's a part of the human condition there's nothing that we can ever do to 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 earn it right you know we we can't earn god's love so are we in a continual kind of state of making the choice to be to allow god's mercy to um carry us forward through life yeah that's right like each like each and every day each moment we have yeah. to keep ourselves open to God's mercy. I think so, because I think that that's how we that's how we show it. I mean, the, this the the next point speaks to this. Remember mm-hmm. that having received mercy, we must show mercy to others. So we have right, to be like right. a vehicle that this can flow through. Right. So we have to allow it in for ourselves. Of course, that requires recognizing our need for it. Right. Uh, which is a very uh, humbling thing for the ego. Right. None of us wants to say. Oh gee, I have to be forgiven for something. Right. Um, I you know, I have to acknowledge where I've fallen short, acknowledge my own brokenness. But it, we have to receive it for ourselves, so it can flow through us. Right. Out to other people. Right. Right. That's a part of the journey of this. Um, remember that only the practice of mercy sets us free. And he says, receiving and giving mercy is the only thing that frees us from our propensity to self-seek, self-justify. And judge others. Wow! Yeah. Nothing frees us more from the tyranny tyranny of the ego than the practice of mercy. Wow! So that even means we have to have mercy for ourselves. Yeah, and sometimes that can be the hardest thing. Yeah, you know the things that we say to ourselves, the way we judge ourselves, can be much harsher and colder than anything that we do to other people. Yeah, I mean, I was in therapy last night and um, or yesterday and. He said, how are you feeling? And I said, I just get, feel this sense of like something something saying, can't you do anything right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my gosh, that's really harsh for you to say to yourself, Chad. <laughs> I was like, maybe I do need to give myself a little mercy. Yeah, that's something we could do a podcast on that someday is, is perfectionism. Yeah. Decontaminating our perfectionism. Yeah. Which in some ways is tied up in our, our image of God. You know, yeah. Somewhere along the way, we got this message that... That, that God demands perfection of us. Yeah. And so there's a voice inside of us that says, no matter what you do, it's never going to be enough. Right. So part of our spiritual work is decontaminating that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the but retreat this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of the things we'll talk about is, is how we can, we can name those voices and how we begin that work. 
says number six remember that mercy is not opposed to justice but is its fulfillment um so that that's a way of saying that mercy is where justice is meant to end meaning Mm, we say that there are going to be times when justice has to be served but then we say and and now this debt has been paid and and it's over right right and i think our societies we don't we struggle with that yes we like to make people wear a scarlet letter yeah so where's the mercy yeah and i think that's collectively that might be a spiritual task for us is to say where does justice finally end yeah we see this in our criminal justice system you know and, and the other mistakes that people make and then uh, in our in our internet age, where things are immortalized, that they're going to carry forever, where does where does mercy and forgiveness enter into that? Yeah, we haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, yeah. Number seven. Remember that only the the practice of mercy will make God's kingdom come. And so we hear Jesus talking about how the the meek will inherit the earth, and the the poor will be fed. And uh, uh, tears of those who are grieving and weeping will be wiped away. And that, that's all about about extending mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, just compassion for the suffering human heart. Right. Which is that's what defines, as Jesus presents it, the kingdom of God. Remember that mercy needs to be practiced collectively. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think that that touches on what I was saying before. Is that we, that's something that we struggle with. Maybe that comes from our Puritan roots. As a society, as yeah, a culture. as a society, you know, it comes from. Well, it really goes back to you get what you deserve, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think that's a part of, of how, how we as Americans um, have been socialized. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, once again, that goes back, in some sense, to our image of God. Well, and it points back to us always, right? It's all about yeah. our self-interest. It's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but so that, I mean that that seems like part of our our national soul that we still need to develop. Yeah, you know, showing showing mercy. Yeah, and this even touches on the, the 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 debates that we're having now about the refugee crisis mm-hmm. and uh, those who are not able to participate in economic systems. Mm-hmm. And as Pope Francis said, an economy that kills. I mean, these are larger things that require. Our mercy, right, right. And we're still working toward that. Uh, and the last two, remember that mercy calls us to do works, both spiritual and physical. Hmm. When I was in grade school, they used to, the sisters made us memorize the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. So that means that yes, to develop mercy, you have to go out and care for the sick, uh, feed the hungry, right, clothe the naked, uh, shelter the homeless, right, um, uh, visit those who are in prison. Now, those are good ways of of planting into our uh, little developing hearts and minds that this all this requires action. It's right. an attitude, but it's also it also requires uh, it's a way of living. Right. And then his final one is remember that our lives are a dialogue between God's mercy and our weakness. He says mm. the only thing at which we are adequate is being inadequate. Right, so <laughs> once again, we, we know we can't we can't earn God's love and favor. It's something that is just it's given to us as gift. Right, and uh, and and part of it, this is acknowledging you know this this is not an achievement project for me or a project of self perfection. Right, but it's a constant journey 
I'm constantly evolving, but I am I am broken and weak. And uh, no matter how far I go on this journey, I'm not free from the bonds of being a human being. Right. And that means that I'm always in need of God's mercy. Right. Yeah. It's a continual conversation. Yeah. Between yeah. us. A lifelong process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The journey towards transformation yes. is one of a life one of a lifetime. The journey continues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brian. This has been great. Thank you, sir. Well, As always, a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. All right.